Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, helping me bring you a little Christmas cheer. A man who knows the importance of the Christmas spirit, or else. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And that's a valid point. And this is this is the craziest movie in a long, long time. It's in the Mount Rushmore of craziest movies we've covered on this show, and I could not be more excited to bring it, it to you. It feels like we are. It's. I'm sorry. I, it's. It seems like someone who doesn't speak Eng- like English isn't their first language. Explained the plot of It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street <laughs> to someone else who also wasn't a native English speaker, and then they wrote the movie. It's. The absolutely buckwild Harry Dean Stanton and Mary Steenburgen film, One Magic Christmas. We watched it, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your letter to Santa. Something's gotta be done about your letter to Santa. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So, right off the bat, this is a Disney film. Yeah. Which is just like so hard to process, given what's about to transpire. Uh, And not even Touchstone. It's not even like Touchstone. It is is Disney's One Magic Christmas. Exactly. Uh, starring Mary Steenburgen and... Is it Steenburgen or Steenburgen? I, one second. I believe it's... Uh, I think it's Steenburgen. I, I believe it is a hard G. Um, okay. Well, in any case... But I just know her as uh, Avery's mom on 30 Rock. Oh, yeah, but she's like a bunch of things. Oh, uh, she's she's like a, a, amazing, a legitimate, prolific career. actress. But like the thing yeah, I yeah. most know her as is um, Avery's mom. Other people might recognize her from Step Brothers. Uh, she's also on uh, The Last Man on Earth, that Will Ferrell show. Back to the Future Part right 3, now. apparently. Who is she in that? It's listed in her IMDb credit, or her uh, Wikipedia yeah, no, page. What, what is the, does the character... Is there, oh, she's Doc's girlfriend in that. Uh, 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 Clara... Clara... Clara Clayton Brown. Clara Clayton Brown. Okay. Uh, okay, so we got, we got Mary Steenburgen. Virgin, and I'm gonna say Virgin. I'm just gonna Wait, go gonna with that, that because I hope her that's Wikipedia right. page doesn't have a pronunciation, which is weird. I mean, you could look it up if you want. How to pronounce Mary Steenburgen? 16 second YouTube video. They say a hard G, so Steenburgen. Steenburgen and Harry Dean Stanton recently rest in peace as this guardian angel of Christmas who is watching over the family. It is a and real like, loose, definite like. <laughs> But like once once those two facts are established, is like he's an angel, guardian angel person, and she is in the Christmas spirit. The rest of this movie, which you think you know because it's every generic Christmas movie plot, is so pardon my words here, absolutely fucking bananas. 
It is the craziest, most vindictive way to treat the person who doesn't love Christmas that I have ever seen and could even conceive of. She gets treated like the actual Antichrist the, because she's sad. The worst part is... It's so crazy. It's not even that she hates Christmas. She does, At no point does she say, bah humbug, or like, fuck Christmas. Right. She's just like, I right. don't say Merry Christmas. Most people don't mean it when they say it. I have more important things to focus on right now. Also, her dad died a year ago at Christmas. Also, she's the only one doing any work for her family to bring in money. <laughs> her husband has just been laid off from his job, and she is Seven the only months person ago. working to bring money in the house. Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. And she is she is having a very, very bad year. It's okay for her not to be in the holiday spirit this once. She's being, we can let it go. She's being kicked out of her house with a very <laughs> soon impending deadline of January Before 1st. New Year's Eve. Like, you're, yes, you're out of the house January 1st. They're literally being kicked out of their house in the week after Christmas. And the husband is just like... Well, honey, why don't you why don't you help me decorate some cookies and bake some eggnog? And she's like, "No, we can't possibly do that. Are you crazy? We need to pack." It's amazing. The kids should be wrapping things for Christmas on Christmas morning. It's them wrapping up the boxes of their bedrooms. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, I can't wait to dig into this. So we start with Harry Dean Stan in this like enormous, ridiculous hat. In a tree. He looks like a bandito and also a drunkard. Yes. 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 It's sort of like those hats that everybody wears because of that church that uh, everyone made fun of. Was it Pharrell for the Arby's hats? The Children of the Corn hats? Children of the Corn it, hats. It's yes. very. What's the kid's uh, very, name? Not Damien, but he's Damien. No, it's Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, it's an Isaac hat. Yeah. So he's he's out in uh, up in this tree playing the harmonica, and then they're talking about Mary Steenburgen and. And Steve what Virginia dialect like, was God Santa using? Because <laughs> I don't know. So, okay. So this is a Canadian-American movie that was shot in Canada. And there's definitely some points in it where you can see that they hired local talent. And by see, I mean boot. hear it in the way they pronounce words. Sorry. Yeah, a boot and a sorry. Yeah, there's a few stories in there. So, yeah, I don't know what, what it is. I guess it's supposed to be like a, you know, super non-denominational Santa. He also looks like a homeless drunkard. So we're just like going with a theme. Yeah. Yeah. So they talk about her and they're like, oh, she's so evil. She doesn't even say Merry Christmas, which early in the movie is expected in one of these movies. It's like we've talked about this before. Like every Christmas movie is the same plot. It's this person doesn't understand. Busy businesswoman has no time for the <laughs> yes, holidays. Yes. Yeah, and then over time, they learn to understand what is great about Christmas, which, as we've said many times, if you don't get that inherently, there's probably something wrong with you. Uh, You're allowed to hate the commercialism and all that crap, but, like, if you don't understand that it's better to be pleasant around the most miserable time of the year when the sun goes down at 430 on the East Coast, (laughs) it's like, stop it. Stop. There's one bright spot for three months, and it's just that everybody gets inside and is nice to each other and gets drunk together. Just, like, enjoy the one small thing that we have in this dark, miserable time of the year, you jerks. Uh, But in this case... It is completely reasonable to feel this way. And so they're like, oh, she doesn't even understand Christmas. But the craziest part to me is she comes within a half a word of ruining Christmas for a six-year-old, which is 
bananas. Yeah, she gets real close to uh, blowing the lid off the whole Santa operation <laughs> in a mall next to the line of kids in line to meet Santa. I was like, Mary, yes, Mary, yes. let's just like two steps. <laughs> I'm here for you in this movie, Mary. I'm on your side, but, like, let's move it over. Yeah. Just, like, it's fine for you not to be in the spirit this holiday season. I get it. I do. Do not tell your six-year-old there's no Santa because of that. That is not okay. That is the line that I draw. My note was, oh, wow, an incredibly hardworking mother being painted as a villain because she's not in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) Refreshing. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, but the so the the craziest part of this very crazy movie to me is the dialogue for the children seems to be largely just improvised, like or or, or honeymooners like references. Someone, well, yeah, the honeymooners references is, is totally pants on head crazy. <laughs> given that it's like nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine, like, when is this kid watching? Oh, eighty five. When is this kid watching the honeymooners? Like what? What is there's no Nick at night? What is he watching the honeymooners? <laughs> and also, like, why is he making jokes about beating up his sister? Like, it's all wrong. Everything about it is wrong. There's a lot wrong in this movie. But all of their dialogue seems like someone whispered it in their ear and then jumped off screen. And then the kids repeated the line because they like don't know. They, they definitely feel like they don't know their lines. And it sort of feels like they're winging it. Like they're getting as close as they can. And they're just like, whatever, just go next take. I mean, they're the, it's a refreshing that these kids aren't horrible to watch. And also they don't sing ever. So like right yeah, away, no right away we're getting two, joy. we get like one group song at the end, which whatever, like everyone has to come together and sing the song. But I was like, yeah. I was like, if this, if we have to hear this little girl sing a stupid song about the meaning of Christmas, <laughs> I'm out. If we get the equivalent of a cheer up Charlie yeah. in the middle of this, if thing, I get stupid cheer I'm up Charlie, set things on fire. <laughs> the worst song in that movie. Yeah. Uh, so then they start talking about this girl Molly Monahan, and they're like, oh. Uh, the daughter's like, oh, does everybody get a Christmas? And they're like, yeah, of course. And everybody's everybody. And they're like, even Molly Monahan, she's really poor. And it introduces this bizarre subplot of this movie where there's like a best friend who's poor as hell and it doesn't make any sense and it's not ever helpful in the movie. And Irish. I mean... Irish go hand in hand. It's a movie. But there's no, there's just no point to that subplot. Like, it adds this weird thing that the dad is down in the basement trying to build bicycles all the time because he wants to open a bike shop. But, like, it's like if you're at a point where you're down to your last five grand and you are genuinely not sure if you can have children, Christmas for your children, why are you building bikes for Molly Monahan? You are a family of four. It's one thing if you're, like, on your own, you're just supporting yourself. Like, that's then fine. Do whatever you want do that but like you have two children and a wife who's working very hard like let's put things in perspective dad stop being a dick mary steenbergen is going to to work a double shift on christmas eve in a day or two and you're down in the basement tinkering away on bicycles like f off bro also do you know who molly monahan uh do you know what she would go on to play uh, the lead in the new Dawn of the Dead movie. Really? Yeah, that's her. The the, the poor girl. Sarah Polly? Yes, that's Sarah Polly. Really? Yeah. 
Wow, that's crazy. I know. It's our film debut. Wow. All right, Sarah Polly. You've come a long way. Uh, and they also, they cut to dad in the bike workshop, and there's like, and by bike workshop, I mean their basement, but there are like a hundred cannibalized bikes down here that are just like parts hanging every which way. It's very much like when uh, in horror movies, when they walk into the gas station and there's like car, like there's like hubcaps and random car parts just dangling from the ceiling. It's it's very much yeah, that. The very, y- yes, yes. Like a, a general store from 1957 yes. where there's just like a bunch of radiator belts on nails. Yeah, it's crazy how many bike parts are in this basement. And later we learn that he wants to start a bike shop that says like great dream ambition. Uh, not perhaps the wisest in a town that gets this kind of snowfall, because you have to imagine winter is pretty long and harsh there. I would, I would think. Yeah, and also let's let's think about like timing. Is this? Are we financially stable enough for you to open a bike shop and then be in the red <laughs> for maybe two years or four or yeah, five? Like, because it's a bike shop, and that's not like an everyday necessity item. In the eighties, I feel like they'd probably be more common than now. Absolutely, but. I still don't like. I still think people were buying their bikes in the eighties at you know the local department store that they had in town, whatever that was, and not you know Jim's bikes necessarily. Yeah. So there's the the two kids in the family, the daughter and the son, are sitting with Molly Monahan on the hood of this car, and Harry Dean Stanton, looking as you said before, completely homeless, comes up to them all disheveled, a vagrant and man, to them. a drunk vagrant man in a big hat. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, hey, kids, uh, does your mom not like Christmas? And the one kid's like, no, she hates it. He's like, oh, that's no good, is it? And then and he he's, basically, he's the- basically Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> Just like, you kids, what, does your mom do stuff? I know her. It's cool. You could talk to me. I'm magic. And then these kids are playing hockey, and he's like, hey, settle down with that hockey. You're going you're gonna to hurt one of these kids. And they're like, hey, piss off, old man, you drunk bum. And then this kid, like, winds up and takes a slap shot. And the goal is, like, f- like 90 degrees away from the children. And instead, he just rifles it at <laughs> it's them. As if I am, does... It's as if I did a slap shot <laughs> aiming for the goal. <laughs> no, I, this kid is, like, must be blind. Like, he must be actually or blind. Or he's like, because screw he, you, old man, like I'm going to hit him anyways. <laughs> that's the only explanation the kid's like oh yeah you want to see what happens with kids Pachoo, slap shot right at them because it's nowhere it's not like oh the puck took an errant line that happens right because of stray this is nowhere near like a casual accident this is holy shit this guy's trying to murder these children what is happening so magic harry dean stanton zaps the puck into a house window like yeah what yeah, how is that the best? Like, if you have magic, you could just make it disappear or ricochet into the air. Or go back no, at the kid who just... shot it, maybe? It should have gone back <laughs> no, at... No, instead... Clunk. Whoa. <laughs> instead, let's ruin someone's front window, and then the kids all run at away. Christmas. How at is that Winter helpful? Snow this Christmas. Is... <laughs> Particularly when later in the movie, we see that he explicitly has the power to repair glass. That's like, like explicitly that's on power. his list of powers. How is this nothing that you think is okay? It's freezing outside. This family is going to have their Christmas tree with a trash bag taped over a window behind it. That's their life. That's the our Christmas photos, Christmas. 1985. 
Who's coming out to fix a window on Christmas week? Who? What glass guy is not busy? He's he's home. He's having his eggnog. Or is going to charge you like $7,000 just to show up. Yeah, it's like hazard pay. He ruins Christmas for this family yeah. to prove a point to a dumb kid with a hockey well, puck. And the little kids are talking to poor Molly Irish woman. And they're like, is Santa coming to visit you this year? And it's like... Whoa, kids, maybe that's not how we phrase this question to the poor girl that, like, we all know is poor. Also, these kids both believe in Santa. Why would they? That's the weirdest way to ask that question. It would be, what are you asking Santa for this year? Not, oh, do you think Santa will come to your house? Like, when I I was growing up for Santa, he wasn't, like, cherry picking what houses based on, like, income. (laughs) Santa comes to the, he's like, it's Republican Santa. He comes to the front door. He's like, I'm sorry, this household doesn't make I'm enough money to earn this. <laughs> These you freeloading bastards. I'm sorry. You're, this is, this ain't no handouts. This yeah. ain't no handouts here. Like, Santa skipped over the Jewish kids' houses because it was Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was, yes. that was what he skipped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even then, I was like, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that jibes for me. <laughs> Well, because they get their presents elsewhere. I, for me, I was like, okay, it yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Their presents come come from somewhere else, from Harry Hanukkah. Yeah, via Hanukkah Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Molly's like, says a very real thing where she's like, I don't know. Because and, and that's what I was thinking. Like maybe in the fiction of the movie, Molly, the story that Molly has been told to cover for her mom not being able to provide a Christmas for her is just like I guess Santa forgot us, which is so crushing and heartbreaking, and so totally in line with this insanely heartbreaking, crushing movie. It is very in line, but also I now like it's movies like this that sort of like piss me off because I'm like in this narrative, Santa is a very real albeit drunk homeless looking person so <laughs> yes are you did santa, has santa just never shown up for poor poor molly yeah it doesn't make any sense like where to have, have a you been bro movie. your job is to deliver <laughs> presents <laughs> you can't have a scene where a character literally visits santa and mrs claus at the north pole and then the parents argue over being able to afford gifts for their children because those two things can't exist simultaneously. They wouldn't worry about providing for their kids because they would know Santa would bring them presents because Santa is real. Thank you. Santa, <laughs> if Santa is real, the whole presents thing is null and void. Just get the letter in the mail and then your free gifts will show up. Like, obviously, mom and dad would provide some presents. They're not just going to, like, sit back and do nothing. But in this world, Santa exists and brings gifts. So all you have to do is drop off this letter and you will get gifts for your kids as opposed to not getting gifts for them. Because, okay, spoiler alert. I don't I don't really care about spoilers for this stupid movie. We see later that Mary Steenburgen got, like, wrote a letter to Santa and presumably got all of those presents. So, right. at what point did she just be like, nah, that didn't happen? Well, that's the thing. She obviously knows there is no Santa because she buys gifts for her children. So that means there's some bizarre thing where if your parents stop believing in Santa, you your children shaft. don't get gifts. Yeah, yeah. So, like... What kind of universe is this? That's the craziest, most vindictive version of Santa Claus you could possibly imagine. That's petty ass Santa. Oh, you don't believe in it's me? That's what it is. You don't be- Fine, I guess your kids get nothing. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, hey, Molly Monahan, I know your mom's too poor to feed you. It's, a, it's too bad she didn't drop your letter off in the mail because now you don't get shit. And he's outside just like tearing like Cabbage Patch Doll's head off in front of her. Like, who, who is this man? He opens the presents out her window and puts them directly into a dumpster fire. Yeah, he's he's got one of those. He's got like a burn barrel on a on a little uh, yeah. hand cart, and he just like drops them in there. Like he's like for three, like shoots it. <laughs> he off has the reindeer jump, poop on them. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, too bad, poor girl. <laughs> like what? How the logic of this movie makes no sense. You can't have both of these things. They can't exist it's, simultaneously. It's not, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Santa can either be real or not real, but if he's real, then gifts have to just appear. That is the rules of a Santa. That is what Santa means. <laughs> That's what he does. What are we doing here? At least in the crazy uh, so town anyway. from John Denver, it was like, we all believe you all write letters to Santa. Like, everyone was in on it. I understood that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally bought that all of these people were... Crazy. Believing that Santa existed and crazy, uh, delusional together. And so it was weird when John Denver was like, no. And they were like, hey, don't screw up this good thing. Maybe they, maybe it was secretly this Santa the whole time. We're like, hey, don't screw this up for us. Because <laughs> if we get one non-believer, nobody gets it's gifts. It's like Freddy Krueger. You have to like block him out of everyone's yeah. memory so he has no power. <laughs> Santa runs every town like a high school football team. If one kid screws up, everybody's running laps. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't do this. You get one non-believer in the zip code, and Santa's like, "Nope, they're off the map." And he's like, "One, one less, one less place to have to run through." He takes through a and cigar and just night. puts it on the map. <laughs> he, he like the equivalent of nuclear yeah. bombing them. He just burns it off the map. <laughs> puff, puff, puff. Oh. <laughs> so. Anyway, the owner of the company drops by the house where poor Mary Steenbergen is like, I keep saying it wrong. It's G. Hard G. Poor Mary Steenbergen. That's a hard G. Oh, it is. Oh, it is Bergen. Okay. Poor Mary Steenbergen is like trying to pack up the house, make dinner, get ready for work, and get her kids all settled and do whatever they need. And this guy drops by with the the family. To build bikes. Yes. Yeah, he can't help pack. buddy. (laughs) I would throw this guy out a goddamn window. Yeah, like, oh, like, are you kidding? You know what? If you're gonna be on, if you're gonna be on unemployment, you're gonna be on disability too. Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just knock, shove him down the stairs into the basement and leave him in there because he's a crazy person. He can and have a glass of water disability. and crust of bread. Yeah. So the boss drives by in the like perfect character of like fat cat factory owner jerkwad of the '80s, and he's bringing this family through, and she's like. Uh, you didn't tell me you were coming. Like, I'm not ready. Like, we're packing. The, ha- the house is a mess. And he's like, ah, I don't care about that. He starts walking him through. And they get into the kitchen. And the new lady who's going to move in is like, Ugh, this kitchen is like the ugliest color. Can we get that repainted? And the boss is like, sure. I think you guys did that, right? And Mary Steenbergen is like, uh, actually, I painted this to myself. And the other woman doesn't even do like a, oh, God, you caught me. I made a huge mistake. She basically just like shrugs like, oh, well, your taste is bad. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> excuse you, lady. Because when Mary Steenbergen says, I picked it out and did it myself, you know that means she taped it out. She painted everything. She unscrewed all the cabinetry. She screwed it back in. She did that herself. Yeah, Billy. Bi- 
Billy Bicycle ain't helping out with the paint job. He's down there tinkering with a ratchet or some such. He's like, I made a 10 speed. And she's like, that's great. I painted the kitchen. You know, something useful for the family. Oh, and also I made dinner in it after. (laughs) Enjoy paint fumes, bitch. Yeah. Um, And then it ends with the only genuine laugh I got. Like, well, I laughed a lot at this movie, but I only got one laugh from like one where the movie tried to do a laugh and I got it where the little girl is like, hey, mister, whatever the hell your name is. And he's like, yes, little girl. He's like, my dad says you're a dork. And I was like, that's that's the (laughs) harshest thing she's ever heard him say. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's a very good at not swearing in front of his kids. Good job, dad. Oh. Uh, then we get a new favorite Chekhov of Mom mine. Mom finally Chekhov's enjoys herself. It's like the only <laughs> yeah, joyous well. moment for her in the whole movie. And she's like, I'm singing yes. in the shower, having a good time. No one in my deadbeat yeah. family can answer the phone. And then my two <laughs> shitty kids lock me out of the bathroom. And a final destination flood and the house. Molly Monahan! Wait, also, also Molly, poor Monahan. Molly Monahan. <laughs> It's not just the kids. It's also Molly Monaghan. This woman would fucking hate Molly Monaghan. Her husband has disappeared for weeks trying to build this girl a bike, and now she flooded her bathroom because she had to pee. Oh, my Turn God. off the water, Molly. You know how faucets work. Like, like, you're not that young. I want Just turn off the I water. I want the cut. I have, like, several cuts of this movie. The first cut I want is where Mary Steenbergen goes kill Bill and just slaughters everyone. (laughs) That thing. She just like reaches into the tree and pulls out a Hotori Hanzo. (laughs) And she's like, what was that about not getting a job? Slice. Cut through a bicycle. (laughs) Impale both kids like a shish kebab. And then she just goes on a rampage and murders the town. (laughs) Especially that prick boss who we haven't met yet. later. Oh, he's good. Uh, so also, the kids are suddenly mopping up the bathroom, and while they're doing it, the older boy drops his mop and breaks the window. Yeah, he like he's like, holding his mop too high and breaks the window, and the daughter is wearing the coolest gizmo shirt, and I want it. Yeah, it is really <laughs> it's fantastic. Like, yep, mine, I need it. Which is weird, because I don't think Disney had anything to do with Gremlins, did no, they? No, it was Spielberg. Yeah, it's it's strange that that oh, would happen. Oh, wait a minute. I- so, cut to Mary Steenburgen at work, and she's doing the announcements for the grocery store, and it's so delightful i forgot She's those like, were a thing oh yeah yeah uh we had them when i worked at acme the grocery store way back when but it was pre-recorded and it was patricia heaton from uh it's a uh, everybody loves raymond and so <laughs> i you work like a four hours for acme as a brand yeah yeah it certainly was but during a four-hour shift, you'd hear eight times, Hi, I'm Patricia Heaton. Just wanted to let you know that this week, it's a blah, 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 blah. Fried chicken is only blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, if I hear, Hi, I'm Patricia Heaton, I'm going to stab her. Like, if I ever met her in public, I would be very nice to her. And I would also say, I just want to let you know, I hope you got paid a lot for those voiceovers for Acme and Albertsons. Because as someone who was employed there when you were doing it, it was the worst. It's just to hear you introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, I'm Patricia Heaton. No one recognizes, like, she's not nearly famous enough for her voice to be recognized. I mean, so she has to introduce herself. Uh, yeah. But she's definitely, like, <laughs> mom shopping at Acme famous. Right. Like, Everybody like, Loves Raymond is exactly the target demo for, like, mom shopping is, at Acme. But is the return on an investment for 
the mom from Raymond telling me that it's cheap chicken Mondays <laughs> going to be worth the time and money spent to, that we're going to earn back on the chicken? Like, couldn't we just have a, hey, attention, Acme shoppers, just want to remind you that it's cheap chicken Mondays for only five ninety nine, you can get a family eight piece. Like, why does it have to be Patricia Heaton? How is this a good spend of money? What are you doing? You probably could. You're right. But anyway, uh, Mary Steenbergen is doing the announcements and she's like, Oh my, pot roast is only two twenty-five a pound by Grabthar's Hammer. What a savings. <laughs> Hammer. <laughs> She's just straight up doing Alan Rickman from Galaxy Quest where he's just like, I can't believe I'm here doing this. Oh, look at my life. And her like manager is like breathing down her neck while she does it. And then he's like, your line's backed up. And the other lady, this is where I was like, oh, is this a secret feminism movie? Because I'm on board for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Because the other cashier lady is like, listen, dickbag, she did your job for you and gave your announcements. That's why her line is backed up. So I don't want to hear it. And I was like, oh, are we going to get empowered ladies? Because I'm here for this. I'm here for like an empowered ladies club. Is this going to turn into nine to five? Yes. Like nine to five hidden figures. Like I want like awesome women. And I was like, damn it. No, this is the only scene in the movie where this happens. Cause then poor no. Molly Monahan's mom is like, I have food stamps and can't afford things. Here's the craziest thing to me. She obviously knows Molly Monahan, right? Their kids are friends. Mm-hmm. This woman is short, less than $2. I know times are tight for the Steenberg and bicycle family, but like you've got a dollar fifty to help this woman out and not be that embarrassing that she's like, oh, I guess my kids don't need dessert. Let's put back these these little Debbie oatmeal pies. Like what the fuck, Mary Steenbergen? That's so dark. That was the dark part for Mary Steenbergen. But I guess she was like, oh, your daughter definitely flooded my bathroom. So maybe maybe your daughter doesn't need. That is true. Like, this is fresh off her daughter flooding the bathroom. I still feel like it's worthy of color covering a dollar forty five worth of extra expenditure for a neighbor. She did. Ask, she was like, "I guess I could spot you," and then the the neighbor was like, "No, that's fine. I can just put these back." Everybody knows that was not a genuine offer. I guess I could spot you. It's not the. Don't worry, I got you. You'll get me back next time. Like she did the like. I really don't want to offer this favor, but I'm going to say the words of the favor so that if you really push me on it, I will take it. That's true. Um, so, uh, cut to the dad is putting the kids to bed, which is the only parenting thing he does in this whole movie that's for his actual children and not Molly Monaghan. (laughs) It's a cute scene, too. It's the only time I like him. It's the only time I like him. I think he's, in general, I'm like, you're a, a bad husband and not a great father to your children. Yeah, he definitely is not checking that many boxes. Because turns out he's also been spending family money on getting the town Christmas tree lit because the town didn't feel like doing it this year. Yeah, I had a lot of problem when they reveal that he had bought a generator and was paying for the gas in order for the town Christmas tree to be lit. Like, you can spearhead that effort and you can be the chair of that of that organization. And in fact, that would be a much more reasonable reason for you to be occupied and not, you know, I'm building a bike bike for the poor girl next door. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, but he's the little girl's like, mom says there's no angels. And he's like, there's angels. Let's put you to bed. And he grabs her by the ankles and starts swinging her like a pendulum. And every time he swings her, she grabs like first it's the comforter. And then it's the sheet. And then it's like the pillow. And then he like flops her into the bed. It's the weirdest possible way to put a child cute. to bed. 
No, it's it's not that it's not cute. It just was very strange, like a very odd thing in a movie. Yeah. Um. So then this is the we get the first in well her doll is nightmare fuel. Her his the little girl's doll is just like a nightmare. I totally missed that. Yeah, they show a close up once or twice, and it just looks like Annabelle. <laughs> but then like they're eating dinner, and she's. He's like, well, what if we took a couple hundred out of our only $5,000 to our name to go Christmas shopping for the kids? And she's like, um, with what work are you going to support that, buddy? I bought a tea set and an Etch-A-Sketch, and we'll get them some crayons and some chocolate. And that's going to be Christmas this year. Because guess what? I'm the one working. This is my Christmas. This is my table. This is my family. <laughs> I I will say that I think they could have spent a little bit more for gifts for the kiddos, but not a lot more. Yeah. Maybe so like I was kind of on team dad of like, yeah, you have you have it will be better to like have a decent Christmas for the kids and then deal with it later as far as like, you know, eating crappy dinners for a while as opposed to being like, well, you each got one present and a Hershey bar. Suck it. Maybe if dad wasn't busy building a goddamn bike for Molly Monahan. Yeah, maybe dad could just have made bikes for his own children. Like, how is that not a thing? Yeah, I, I was so angry with dad the whole time. Uh, so this this kid writes this letter and finds out that... Uh, Their house doesn't have Mary's- a mailbox for some reason? Yeah, and so she goes to like drop it. I guess it's like later on Mary Seabergen does this too, where she goes to like this set, like a letter box on the street. So maybe that's just the way it was in this particular neighborhood. Um, I do know, like I do know places near where I actually where I work. There's a lot of neighborhoods where all the mailboxes are like at the end of the street, which I think mm-hmm. sounds like a huge pain in the ass, but that's a thing. I mean, it would um, make sense for it to be like the mail person like only drops off the mail and then picks up all the mail from one box. Yeah, yeah. But the little girl goes to drop this letter off, and then Harry Dean Stanton starts talking Drunk to her again. Drunk vagrant appears and is like, "Yeah, is, is this letter Santa Claus? You should maybe you should. <laughs> isn't it sad your mom doesn't believe in Santa? You should get your mom to deliver this letter for you." <laughs> and the little girl's like, "I think it would make more sense if I just like put it in this mailbox, and then I like it's dealt with." Like, no, your sad mom doesn't believe in Santa Claus. She she should deliver a letter. Well, she's had like a kind of hard year. Like my dad doesn't have a job anymore. Look, like, I'm magic. I'm an angel, and, and like, we're not gonna. We're just gonna speed this along. I'm a magic angel. So just do what I say. You smell like sadness, <laughs> and my aunt Harriet. <laughs> uh, so. He talks to this kid, and then the kid pretty much gets hit by a car, except he somehow magically, like, makes it pass through her. I don't, it, this idiot I, child I doesn't have the self-preservation it. to not get hit by a car is really the takeaway. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And so uh, they, you know, she gets saved by this and goes inside, and then we cut to it's the next day, and we're driving to the great-grandpa's house, and it's uh, the mom and dad and the two kids, and... Actually, I lied before. I also laughed at this upcoming line, but I don't think it was supposed to be funny. Uh, where the dad says, "Hey kids, isn't your mom still the prettiest girl in the world?" And their responses immediately go, "No, she's just mom." <laughs> I did. I didn't think that was funny. <laughs> but was not funny was when they said, 
oh, mom grew up in motels because her dad was a motel manager. Is that where you met mom? And he says, no, motels were later. What? <laughs> I mean, you know, more power to him. I get it. It goes over their heads. I get that. But like, yeah. they're going to remember that when they're older and they're going to be like, maybe they just tell their kids stories of like a great many road trips they took is their excuse for all the motels but they get to the great grandpa's house so and he starts they ask him about christmas and he starts doing this like this is a santa house and around here this is the things we believe in and it's like a very weird version of a ranch you've heard before in a much shittier fashion so it's hard to to figure out how to process it but it's a very strange i mean he's pretty gentle about it he's like our family's always been santa believers and dreamers and mary steenbergen is like yeah big dreamers for sure yeah she's she's super bitter and had enough of it and it is a delight well also like great grandpa seems pretty well off he lives by himself in a giant house and i was like if you're getting kicked out of your house why don't you like pop on in with great grandpa for a little bit like yeah it feels it feels like the natural thing to be like hey great grandpa we're gonna need to live here for like i don't know a couple of weeks while we figure some shit out because this guy wants to open a bike shop and he's constantly tinkering for molly monahan instead of looking for a job and then he's like, I did the same thing. That's why your mother left me. And then Mary Steenbergen goes away, like, leaves them and goes to the Florida retirement community where the great-grandmother lives. And she's like, yeah, I left those a-holes. I had my own business and I retired. I'm leaving it to you. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to start doing black tar heroin to deal with this because I can't <laughs> deal with this family anymore. So they go up in the attic and they're they're looking for decorations, I guess. And the grandfather pulls out this old snow globe and then this old book and he gives it to the kids. And the kids are very clearly just doing like, oh, that's so cool. Polite talk to the grandfather. And he's like, oh, here's a, here's a snow globe for you and a book for you. And they're like, thank you. And he's like, I guess I don't have to buy you Christmas presents now. And it's like, oh, no, these poor kids. They're getting a tea set, a Hershey bar and a musty old attic book. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's getting the snow globe. It's the tea set, the snow globe, and he's getting an etch a sketch, yeah, <laughs> etch a sketch, and musty attic book. It's like, and not for nothing, but this kid is way too dang old for an etch a sketch. He's way too old for that to be something he really but wants. He loves art. <laughs> so, like, buy a box of colored pencils or something. The etch a sketch is so bad. So. <laughs> They they get to back home and Mary Steenbergen is tucking in the daughter and she's asking like, oh, do you think Mrs. Claus would be crabby? And she's like, yeah, I mean, all people are crabby sometimes. She's a human being. She would be crabby sometimes. What do you want She treats me? it as though Mrs. Claus is a very real woman. She's like, yeah, of yes. course. If she deals with an idiot with a dr- an idiot dreamer like I do, yeah, sure. I'm sure she's crabby sometimes. <laughs> Maybe Santa's constantly in the basement building a bike for Molly fucking Monahan <laughs> while I'm working double shifts at the A&P with some asshole threatening to fire me every time I take a pee break. So yeah, maybe you know, sometimes Mrs. Claus is crabby. Maybe sometimes she's real. Maybe Mrs. Claus, maybe Mrs. Claus is managing all the stupid elves while her stupid husband goes on trips around the world. Maybe. He's out there having... Milk and cookies at every stop. What's Mrs. Claus doing? Oh, let me fix your sweater, dear. Let me, let me put the sled back together after you crashed into another chimney. Let me quill this elf rebellion. 
talk to the union head. <laughs> but sure, go on another trip with your reindeer. That's not weird. <laughs> no, no, I get it. You have to bond. It's part of the whole thing. Yeah. No, you have to go to the Super Bowl. If you don't, it would be weird. No, I get it. Totally. I totally, totally get it. And she goes, oh, mom, did you mail my letter? Just fucking lie. Oh, my God. Just, just lie, mom. Lie. Just lie, mom. You have so much going on in your life. Just lie and then go do it. Yeah. But lie first. Lie to your child first. It's real easy. You know, <laughs> she, she's Santa was the stupid. only thing our mother could lie about. Literally the only yeah. thing. <laughs> she would get Our mother can't lie to get out of a grocery store conversation with a crazy person, but she could get convinced us that Santa was real for far longer than any other she adults. She committed to the idea that she had no idea what was in each present. Although to be fair, after wrapping them <laughs> she it, probably it could have been remember. a couple. There could have been a few. It was a very small chance that she remembered each individual G.I. Joe. <laughs> Which one is that? Hermione Granger. <laughs> we, had a, Hermione we just had a conversation about that, and she was like, I tried to tell you it was pronounced Hermione. And I was like, in what world am I going to... That's a lie. I, what, That's a total lie. I was like... There's no way. I was like, you have friends named, like, Deb and Linda, and, like... <laughs> and, like, why am I going to trust you on Hermione? I'm like you. There's you have no, like no Deb and hell. June and Linda and Brenda. Like why? What, Hermione? No, you don't know Hermione. Get out of here. There's there's a zero percent chance she had seen the name Hermione pre, prior to the Harry Potter books. Zero. And, no American and knew how to had. pronounce it. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. That was a, that. That's the second thing Mom lied to you about. She lied yesterday about that. <laughs> So mom leaves, presumably to mail, not mail this letter and find the bottle of scotch that she has <laughs> hidden in a desk drawer somewhere because like, oh, God, she, she, needs she reaches it. into the quick oats and pulls out a, a, a handle of vodka. Yeah, just starts swigging it. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton vaporizes into the room. And is why like, is he ter- like, like, can we can we clean him up first? Can we? Yes, get like a, I don't understand. You should not be an angel as is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like dollar store Clarence. Yeah, but Clarence didn't look like a vagrant. See, I thought he did. I haven't seen the movie in a couple of years, but I thought he looked like real disheveled. Yeah, there's a difference between like, I'm a little disheveled, but like generally seem pretty pleasant. And like this man who looks like he smells like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> because he drank it trying to get a buzz. Yeah, like he looks like he breathes near a candle and starts a fire. <laughs> But he also, the lights are off in a room, and there's like a whoop, whoop, and he va- he appears in there and then clicks the lights on. This kid would shit her pants. He is so bad at being an angel. It. It's like he got the <laughs> metal like, mixed up, and he's like, you wanted a demon, right? This is this is my demon <laughs> assignment? Whatever. I don't fucking care. Hey, kid, believe in Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Kool-Aid man's through the wall. And she's like... <laughs> oh, I wish people could have seen your face just then. That was so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> it was the 
perfect like drunk guy whose eyes aren't working just right like the lids the lids aren't totally under his control anymore and so he's like trying to lead in conspiratorially but he's like close enough to be licking your face and he's like don't worry about it it's fine like yeah it's i know it's fine can you just be like four inches further from my mouth <laughs> and then he kool-aid bands through the wall it's just like sorry about that i'll get it later <laughs> It's not glass. So I can't fix it. <laughs> That's the only thing he can fix. It's the one he broke through the wall instead. Yeah. He just missed the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he tried to. He tried to. His exit move is just like, <laughs> and then he puts it back together. And he just misses. Yeah. Again. They have such a cheap. They have such a cheap, shitty factory-made house. There's no studs in the walls. He just goes right through. <laughs> Oops. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your mom can fix that, probably. <laughs> he, he just, like, reaches in and pulls her desk up over the hole and he just, put, like, walks away. He puts a poster over it. <laughs> he busts out, like, a Raquel Welch yeah, from, uh, from Shawshank and just tacks it up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Instead, he takes her snow globe and he's like, It's an awful nice snow globe we have. Be shame if something happened to it. And then he just spikes it. And this little girl's horrified. My great grandfather gave that to me today. <laughs> and also, it's like one of three pres- Christmas presents I'm probably getting this year. So, like, please don't ruin it. And so he just does, like, they run the film in reverse and it, like, pops back into his hand. And he's like, Oh, so better now. Because. Christmas magic, right? <laughs> this is really just the tale of like a drunk man breaking into homes and like talking <laughs> to little girls. And he's like, Your mom's got to fix herself. It's the only way to do this. That is a lot of burden to put on a six year old girl. Like, there's a and lot a of And a mother who's already burdened with family. <laughs> right. Maybe she next Christmas. I'll catch this plate. next Christmas. He's like, just, just, we'll pick you up on the back, back around. Next yeah. year will be better. I'll have been, a, you know, we'll figure it out. We got some shit going on. You know on. when Christmas happens every year. You know when's not a good year? <laughs> this one. <laughs> can we just? We can just like wait for the next one. It's 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 a circular. You waited till Scrooge was like a hundred years old. Like, come on. <laughs> so cut to mom and dad in the kitchen. And she, he's like, hey, I really want to take $5,000 and open a bike shop. And she's like, we only have $5,000. No. Like, of course you can't do that. And he's like, yeah, but I really want to. I'm trying to see if I may work. And she's like, unequivocally, no, it cannot work because we don't have money for you to start a bike like, shop. Listen, buddy, why don't we, like, revisit this later when we've saved up money? Or, I don't know, when you have a job, Derek. Yeah. Or whatever the hell his name whatever. is. Whatever, Derek. Listen, Derek, <laughs> you get a job, and every money, every dollar you make can go toward your stupid bike shop, and then you can quit your job <laughs> and open your bike shop. But until then, my money, my rules. <laughs> and furthermore, you should get a job and just start contributing to this household, because it is a large number of people to have to support on a grocery clerk salary or just like maybe open a business out of the basement just like taking bikes here in the house fix them up and yeah, give them back you're already 
you're already down there tinkering away for Molly Monahan seven hours a day. Do something profitable with that and it, time. This isn't the prettiest goddamn bike I've ever seen that we drop off on Molly's stupid poor doorstep. I will divorce you. Oh my god, how much better would it be if he just like couldn't make bikes? He was just really like, bad at it. Absolute dream. Yeah, he just like the seat is where the handlebars <laughs> go and the the pedals are where the seat is supposed it's to like be. Four and he's just banana- like, it's a bike. It's like four banana seats stacked on top of each other. <laughs> yeah. But all in different directions. Like it's like a crossroads. Yes. Like it's it's a it's two plus signs crossed and crossed. <laughs> so it's just a, a nightmare. That is what I want him to have made. So she we find out that her dad had just passed away the previous year, which again is like a perfectly reasonable reason to want to take a year off from the Christmas thing. Yeah. And and they go take a walk and they're they're walking outside and like as soon as they get outside and she starts talking about not having the Christmas spirit, the lights go out. Like everybody's Christmas lights just suddenly go out, which is creepy, but nobody notices. And great symbolism there. And then she tells yeah. she's like, you know what? I'm enjoying this walk with you. Let me tell you a story about how a teacher used to invite us over to his house, because apparently that was a thing that was allowed to happen. Yeah. And we would listen to old Broadway show tunes. And this one reminded me of you. Let me sing it. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you, Mary Steenbergen, for no reason. I'm out. <laughs> no. It's so Fuck out of left you, field. Dude. <laughs> So he just like takes off and she, for some reason, actually has the letter from the daughter and she goes to mail it. And then there's friggin' drunk ass Harry Dean Stanton lurking <laughs> no, in the shadows. No, she doesn't go to mail it. She walks past the mailbox and he's like, oh, are oh. you delivering? Are you trying to deliver some mail? Maybe Santa Claus? And she's like, no, I do I know you? And he's like, <laughs> and and rightfully, she has a face Full of fear because a drunk homeless person is accosting her in front of a in mailbox. In a small neighborhood. It's not like she's on a busy city street. She's like in a neighborhood. Exactly. And he's like, nope, we don't know each other at all. This is a question about Santa Claus and letters. And she's like, yeah, I'm a little old for the. I'm going to go inside now. Um, you should walk away from me. And he's. It is 100% a pre murder situation. Yes. Yes, it is. Because he looks like a murderer. He does. And, like, why so should he she have found Christmas she, spirit? Like, she hasn't found support right. from her deadbeat husband. Right. And her job sucks. And they're getting evicted in a week. Like, And her dad died. That happened to this woman. Yes. Like, all of those things are reasonable taken individually. She got a shit sandwich with a bigger piece of shit on the side. And they were like... Show it down and put up some lights, Steenbergen. You'll like it. Ha- open it. Wrap a gift. God damn it. Like, what? What is this world? But thank God Molly Monahan has a bike. Yeah. Oh, praise be the Lord. Molly Monahan's got a 10 speed. Everything's fine. Christmas is saved. Um. Our kids have a dollar store tea set and an etch sketch but Molly Monahan's got a 10-speed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Great work, Derek. So the next day, she's like, look, I put a tuna casserole in the oven. I'm working a double today. It is Christmas Eve, but I'm the only one working to support this family. So you know what? I'm out. Deuces. And by the way, husband... Don't you think about taking money out of our account to go Christmas present shopping. Don't you dare. Bye. 
And then we get the conversation. Wait, wait. He also goes, can't you take off? It's Christmas Eve. I work retail, bitch. Like, what do you? Yeah. I like, no, specifically. No, that is like retail is where they're like, yeah, no, you call out, you call unemployment. That's how that works. Right. And that's, that's when we get outside and we find out that her husband has been using their money to pay for this stupid town Christmas tree. That's right. The best friend character who's like his pseudo partner in the bike shop is like, I can't believe the town wouldn't spend a fair few dollars for electricity. Great thing you got this generator and the gas for it. And Mary Steenburgen is just like, like head tilt, like Michael Myers head tilt. Like, what? <laughs> He's like, shut up. She doesn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's lie to our loving, supporting wife. That sounds great, <laughs> Derek. He's such a piece of shit. So she's at the gas station, and there's this guy like desperately trying to sell his car to the mechanic. Might be, a, might be to... an angel. Might be a random man. We don't know. They all look the same. They all look <laughs> Dude, dirty and drunk. <laughs> but he's like, please, I'll, so I'll, I'll sell you this whole car for $50. And the mechanic's like, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's not helpful for me at all. And then he's like, how about a camp stove? And he's like, no, what do I want with a camp stove? <laughs> but like, I was like, really? Not even like 50 or 100 bucks for a whole car? Like, you're a mechanic. Yeah, that seems crazy. I would, you would def- the mechanic would definitely take that and strip it for parts. Or just like fix it up a bit and sell it for more money. Like, there's no way that mechanic can't make money on a fifty dollar car that's running. Mm-hmm. That seems impossible. But the dad gets back in. He's like, "Well, Timmy, I'm gonna be dropping you off at the bus station." And this kid's reaction is as if he gets dropped off at a lot of bus stations. And so my next note is: this guy is either about to go have sex for money or rob a bank. And based <laughs> on his looks, he's not getting much for the first one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it turns out that it is a rob a bank situation. And uh, Mary Steenbergen's husband goes to the bank. First, he bought a Christmas tree, even though she said we probably shouldn't do that this year. Then he's like, hey, yeah. kids, I'm going to run to the bank real quick. Don't go anywhere. And so the little girl gets out and is like, I need to go see mom. <laughs> and Mary Steenbergen's like, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, she's like, daddy's at the bank. And she's like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> and she just starts like, she's whipping off her name tag and her apron. And she's just like ready for battle. Like I have expected her to pull a shotgun or a baseball a bat out from under the register. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just be like, oh, oh, Derek, you asked for it now. That's what I wanted this to turn into. We're like, when her boss is like, if you leave, you're fired. I wanted her to like grab a machete and just take his head off. Yeah, I just wanted her to give him a stone-cold stunner, just like a kick to the dick and then the chin break, just like, boom, I'm out, you're done with this. <laughs> yeah, uh, instead she's like, she's like, go jump in the lake, I'm fired. Also, also, it is fine to, to care about your job, if that is your thing, but if you take being the manager of this A&P this seriously, you are probably the worst. Yeah, it's like when I had a manager, I, I used to work at a Red Robin, and the manager there was like, the biggest a-hole on the planet, like, really wanted to be a policeman, and I don't know if he ever made it. But there was one moment when a, a kid's meal plate was, like, boiling hot, and I almost burned myself. So I threw some ice cubes on it to cool it down, and, like, threw them in the sink. And he was like, hey, what'd you do that for? And I was like, oh, the, the plate was, like, really hot, and I didn't want to hand it to a child, so I cooled it down with some ice cubes. And he's like, uh, now the plate's all wet. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, it is. And he goes, 
And he goes, you uh, you know what Red Robin policy is on plates drying? And I was like, no, but you're going to tell me. And he goes, <laughs> we uh, air dry all our plates. And I was like, cool, I'm going to grab a paper towel and dry this chi- children's food plate. And I'm going to hand it to a child. Like, get off my jock, bud. Like, I'm, it's so cool that you're the manager at a Red Robin. It's so cool. <laughs> and that's, again, I'm not being shitty about whatever your job is. I just, like, this guy does his job as the biggest asshole version of that you can be. Like, there's nothing wrong with that guy going to you and be like, hey, you can't do that. You have to get a different plate. Because that is how a normal adult interacts with another adult. This guy being like... Just where do you think you're going, Mary Steenburgen? Like, you realize she's got a crisis <laughs> happening. You see the child is here. <laughs> like, what do you think is happening? <laughs> she clearly has to deal with something. So she goes across the street, puts the kid in the car. Uh, d- dude who tried to sell his car and a camp stove is in the bank robbing it. And yes, and Mary Steenburgen walks. I have expected Mary Steenburgen to walk in and like take the gun from him and be like, "Thanks for letting me borrow this." And like, be like, "Listen, Derek, get out." She, just, she put six <laughs> rounds in Derek, just like bang, 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 bang. Hands the gun back to the guy and walks back to the A and yeah. Puts the apron back on, the name tag, straightens it, and just goes back to scanning yeah. somebody. Boop, boop, boop. But no, uh, her husband gets shot. Uh, trying to like talk the guy her down her husband gets shot trying to trying to save the hostage who's like please let that woman go no one's gonna stop you from leaving the bank you don't need to take a hostage the guy's response is to just shoot him and my first thought was like but does he have life insurance because like <laughs> oh yeah, like maybe now maybe benefit. now he's actually helping his family molly monahan <laughs> won't get a bike but the family can't get a good christmas <laughs> And then Mary Seabrook can drop off the half-finished bike yeah, for Molly Monaghan. she'll Monahan. throw it through the plate glass window. <laughs> and, then, and then Harry Dean Stanton can show up and just try to put yeah. it. I got you covered. Merry Christmas. And then he breaks down their door. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Smash. Just drunkenly falls through it. Yeah. But, like, here's here's my thing. You know what a really great way to not have gotten shot? Derek. Don't go to the bank and try and take money out behind your wife's back. It's a really easy way to not get shot. It is instant karma. It is really instant karma. Like, you piece of shit. <laughs> so the guy runs out of the bank, ditches the one hostage, and then steals the, the Mary Steenbergen bicycle car. And It's not a bicycle car. It's a real car. It we should clarify. <laughs> no, it's the, the Steenbergen bicycle family. Yes. Apologies. Uh, he speeds off in it, and these two kids are like, "Hey, you're not my dad." And he does like he doesn't even care. He abandoned his own kid at a bus station, and now he's kidnapped two more. And he's like, "What's your name?" This isn't the time for pleasantries. And so yeah. Mary Steenburgen <laughs> runs out of the bank, and is like, "He took my kids." And then she sees his car is there, and gets in and run and like drives off. And I was like, "I really hope she like furiosas on this guy, like pulls up <laughs> next to him, and is just like slam." Slam! <laughs> Rolls down the window. Kids, get in the back! <laughs> but, like, this woman, in the span of five minutes, has watched her husband get murdered in front of her, and her children get stolen, all because she doesn't believe hard enough in Santa Claus. No, all because... That's so wickedly cruel! All because her husband decided to go against her wishes and steal money from her. That is why! Right, but the central lesson... 
But the lesson of this movie is like, if you believe in Christmas, good things happen to you. So like the Santa who is pulling the puppet strings of this universe engineers her watching this. <laughs> He's like, oh, let me kill your husband. <clears throat> and then your kids are going to die right in Wait, front of your no, armpit. that's what it is. Ka-chunk. Santa was drunk, so he went way too hard. <laughs> he was like, look, your husband's in the bank. Oh, I dropped the strings. I can't get those back. I guess he's dead now. Anyways, your kids are driving away. So they cut to the car going off a cliff, or a bridge, rather, not a cliff. A cliff would be more funny. Yeah. And it splashes into the water and like immediately sinks like a stone. And then they cut to Mary Steenberg and opening her house door to an empty silent home. That's because packed in up. the span of th- a packed up silent thir- home. In the span of thirty minutes, movie time, she watched her husband and children get murdered in front of her. This is a Disney movie. This is a movie that had the Disney logo before it started. That's so crazy. Yeah, we saw the castle. So it turns out Harry Dean Stanton saved the kids from the frozen lake. He pulled them out of it. You know, got so them. how he there. managed to nail that one, which was how he died and too, they, saving a kid from a frozen lake. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Full circle type deal. So they cut to Mary Steenburgen's like you know, getting ready to drink a, a bottle of vodka and take all the pills in the house because, you know, <laughs> open, the, open the bleach and just like, glug, glug, glug. Yeah. 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 Or, uh, and then plan this guy... a vacation with that money. She doesn't have to spend on kids. And husband now. <laughs> she's, she's finally free. She's ripping the etch a sketch um... through the window. <laughs> Fuck this house. <laughs> Peeing on the walls. She sets, she sets fire to it and just like, like she Roseanne's it in uh, she, yeah. she Devil and just like walks out slowly. Uh, so this guy comes bursting in. He's like, They found your children. They're alive. He must have let them out or something. And so then she gets her kids are alive, but now she has to tell them that their dad is dead. <laughs> so this hour of life for this character is the worst hour of life for any character in any and movie. And then the kids don't understand what killed meant. She was like, right. your dad was killed. And they're like, but he, like, he's coming home, right? Like he's in the hospital. And it's like, no, killed. Like the dead one. <laughs> there are hours for characters in the movie Schindler's List that are less depressing than the one that Mary Steenburgen has in this movie. Yeah, poor Mary Steenburgen. It's bananas. But yeah, no, these kids are really stupid. They don't understand that death is a thing, I guess. Apparently not. Including the daughter saying, Dad never died before. What does that mean? What? What is that line? Why is that in your movie? Of course he hasn't died before, you stupid fuck. <laughs> And now she's like, God, I wish maybe they should have stayed dead. And I could have just like burned this house down and left. Started over a yeah. new life in, in Cancun she, no, or something? She'll go kill Molly Monahan, leave her as a body in the house. <laughs> They'll think it's her long enough for her to get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> they think the child Molly Monahan is Mary Steenburgen? In this town, they're too distracted by Christmas <laughs> to do any real crime solving. So the daughter and the son are like talking in the bedroom and the daughter's like, Harry Dean Stanton can save this. And she goes running off to find him. 
And then the son comes into the room and is like, hey, mom, uh, our, my sister and your daughter just ran off looking <laughs> for that sister, drunk my guy. Sister and your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the kids' names. I don't remember anybody's name in this stupid movie. Except uh, Harry Dean Stanton is Gideon, I yes. know, but I'm just going to keep calling and, him. Well, Harry Mary, Mary Steenburgen's name is Ginny. We've never used oh, it, okay. but yes. I didn't. I honestly, if you would put a gun to my head, I wouldn't. Abby is the daughter. Cal is the son. And the husband, we're going to stick with Derek. I'm not going to look it up. So Mary Steenburgen goes chasing after this kid. The kid meets Gideon in the town square and he's like, hey, you want to see the North Pole? Just hold my hand. I'll take you to the North Pole. No, he goes, (laughs) he goes, look, I'm just an angel. I can't can't bring your dead dad back. Sorry about that, by the way. But guess who can help? Santa Claus. Woo! Let's go. <laughs> and he blows a little party yeah. horn like. <laughs> and so they go to the North Pole, where Santa Claus, drunk Santa Claus, is probably like, "Listen, I can't bring your dead dad back." And I was like, "Then why are we here? Like, we were explicitly <laughs> told <laughs> you were the one to help." <laughs> You need to relay this message down the pike to your helpers because it's real fucked up that they're bringing this child here thinking like, oh, I can save my dad. Just kidding. Plot twist. Your poor mom has to be not sad anymore. After a banner, only way- a banner year for your mom. She's got to get she's got to buck up real quick. <laughs> she it, Not only has she had the year from hell, but now she watched her husband get murdered thought she saw her kids get murdered and then had to tell them that their dad died. Yeah, good luck with all of that. I'll see you guys in 1986. <laughs> like, get out of here. Also, I'm real, but I'm not going to bring you any presents. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, kid. Also, I love how, the, first of all, the North Pole is a beautiful matte painting. I don't want to gloss over that. It's uh-huh. a really great-looking matte painting. But she walks to the front door of the Claus estate, and she knocks, and Mrs. Claus is completely unfazed by this random child being on her doorstep. So is this just like a regular occurrence? Like, does Santa do like a 300-meeting year where he just like has people coming in and they're asking for things? And all he does is like, well, tell your parents to believe in me or bad things will happen. <laughs> oh, that's the other fucked up thing. I'm sorry. I'm very aggressively against this angel still. He tells the little girl, look, a bunch of bad shit's going to happen the- tomorrow, the day your dad dies. But just don't be sad about any of it. Don't worry. And I was like, you couldn't give her a heads up that that terrible thing is her <laughs> dad dying? <laughs> And then her getting kidnapped and almost dying herself. Like, you couldn't have had a warning embedded in that message. She doesn't. Like, who she... Like, there's no, like, oh, she has to sell it. Like, no. There's none of that. Just tell her. (laughs) Also, for some reason, at the North Pole, there's no elves. It's just, like, a standard job that people go to. In the afterlife. that's the case, yeah. When you die, if you're a good person, you go work in a factory. How is that not hell? (laughs) That is exactly the definition of hell. That like, oh, congratulations. For the rest of your life, you're putting screws that are the size of uh, the tip of a pencil into a screw hole no bigger than that because everything is made in Taiwan. Enjoy. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? That's the eternal reward? I would would rather be tortured to death by Satan. Like, put me in the kettle with Hitler (laughs) and I'll just get boiled for eternity because that sounds better. I would rather do that than build toys. 
Yeah, at least like for like three or four minutes, every time you get resurrected and reboiled, it's like a cool hot tub. Mm-hmm. Also, the movie acknowledges her dad is a shithead because he's not there building toys. No, that's there should absolutely be like a heartfelt moment where he gives his daughter a hug. And he's like tinkering with a bike still because fuck all. <laughs> God, I hate him so much. But Santa's like, all right, I got an idea. And he starts like rifling through this box that's not very well organized, despite the fact that he's able to pull out her letter was, to Santa was, from 30 Was years your ago. mom's name? No, her last name. I just need her. Oh, hang on. I got it. And she's like, her name is Mom. <laughs> right? Like, what kid knew their mom's maiden name? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell like, you mom's maiden name out. when I was like six. Of course not. Also, they loop the line, my brother's never going to believe this, three times. Yeah, they do. And it's definitely the same take each time because it's got weird inflection. In yeah, it. I, it's so annoying. Um, so so he hands her this letter from like 30 years ago when her mom was a kid. And he's like, take this to her and she'll read it and it'll be Christmas it'll be great and your dad will be alive. Your drunk Which Santa is, like- is a little like your uh, <laughs> um, Malcolm McDowell. It's a little like <laughs> Malcolm McDowell? Yeah, from... isn't. No, not Michael McDowell. Uh, Halloween. Oh, Loomis. Dr. Loomis. Loomis is raspier. That's true. So he gives him the letter, and or gives her the letter, rather, and she teleports back home, and she meets up with her mom, and the first, that's, again, we talked about the dialogue in this movie, the first thing she asks her mom when she's back is like, are you going to spank me? Who wrote this movie? And what in the hell did you write the children's dialogue with? Like, all the ether in the world? <laughs> yeah, like, it's what so bad. On? And the mom's like, no, I'm just like, y- your dad died today, and you ran away, and it scared me. It's <laughs> yes, like, a lot of shit has gone wrong for me in the last 360-some-odd days. Could you just chill? And so... The, the, well, first, the, the daughter's like, Santa said you can bring dad back from the dead if you just believe in him. And mom's like, okay, cool. That makes sense. I'm going to go back to work a double. Because <laughs> on Christmas Day. Because F off, Santa. I got a family to support now. Not that my husband was contributing much. <laughs> so she pulls the letter that she wrote as a kid out of her daughter's pocket. And I guess the existence of Santa Claus changes everything. I mean, it would. But you know what it would change for me? Oh, you know what this means? I don't have to worry about presents for my kids. That money, I don't have to, well, I don't have yeah. to save. I can spend some money on myself now. I'm going to return that Etch-A-Sketch, return that tea set, and buy myself a handle. <laughs> well, also, if the letter exists, then clearly she can also bring her husband back from the dead. Like, that. It, clearly that... But would that she logic want him jives. back? <laughs> I would assume yes. I don't know why. That's my thing. I, I don't mean, get why. I question what is well. even contributing, really. He he's got to be great in bed because that is the only like positive that we got from him. <laughs> so she reads this letter and then is like, she walks outside and is like, "Oh, Merry Christmas, has, Merry she, Christmas." No, she doesn't say it yet. She says it at the very end. She she goes oh, to mail okay. her daughter's letter to Santa, and drunkard Angel is there. Like, I just, I just, this is pretty nice letter you got there. You gonna mail that? <laughs> and she's like, I, I, she doesn't dismiss this man as a, as a homeless crazy man. She's like, yeah. you're right. And then she puts it in the mailbox, and he's like, Scooby Doo, and he just like disappears. <laughs> 
Yeah, you'd think he would have done like a little happy holidays at the very least. Or like some kind of magic flash. Something. No. All the Christmas lights turn back on because Mary Steenburgen believes in Christmas again. And then her husband reappears and he's like, I just went for my walk because it's now last night and she gets to Groundhog Day today. Yes. But here's here's the thing. And we've talked about this kind of thing when you have these little time loops in movies. She has to carry with her for the rest of the li- her life a v- and her kids some very fucked up knowledge about some things that happened and then got reversed due to magic. Well, I don't know if the kids know. I mean, uh, so they they got like their memory wiped. Yeah, I think I think the whole world got reset except for Mary Steenburgen to punish her, so she'll never forget about Christmas again. (laughs) That's exactly it. It's so vindictive. It's like, hey, you want to think about forgetting about Christmas again? Why don't we break uh, that other leg? The tape of December twenty third, nineteen eighty five. Ba blam, ba blam, squealing tires. Like that's really deeply, terribly Mm -hmm. fucked up. So. Next day, she's like, I'm taking off of work, and if they want to fire me, who cares? And she has, like, the Scrooge moment, despite the fact that throughout this movie, she does not deserve to have to have a Scrooge moment. I'm like, she's been the good person. Oh, except if you get fired, Mary, there's no money for this family. Like, there's no income. Yeah, yeah, zero income. So she goes to the mechanic or to the uh, the gas station mechanic, whatever, and she sees the guy again. And it's very interesting because it's the same line of dialogue from the day before. But this time the mechanic doesn't have a Canadian accent. He says, sorry, instead of sorry. Oh, I noticed that. And she's like, I'll give you $50 for your camp stove. And he's like, why would you do that? And she's like, I just really need a camp stove. Don't fucking question me. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah why are you why are you questioning this you're desperate for money just take it i wish it had been like i'll give you 50 for the cam stove and 100 for your gun <laughs> and he's like what or it's what are you talking about or, or she comes up to him with like 50 dollars and like a bottle of ipecac and she's like you down this bottle is 50 years <laughs> and she's like makes him drink it <laughs> like like she's like she like she's jigsaw. Yes. Like you put me through a lot yesterday. I want to watch you vomit until your eyes. I want bleed. you to hand this bottle of Epicac to your kid over there. Oh no, that's so much worse. That's what I, I want. The like cold blooded Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> you don't think it's cold blooded to make an adult? No, do make it? the it's kid even do it. Worse. <laughs> you have to hand this to your child. <laughs> you have to make him drink it and not tell him what exactly. It is. And don't answer any questions when he asks you why he's throwing up. So she, she goes pulls to out a big like boombox like... size video camera to film the whole thing. <laughs> if you're gonna make me remember my husband dying, I'm gonna remember this yeah. moment. <laughs> Fuck off, drunk angel. <laughs> so she goes to her work and she goes to her manager and she's like, "Look, I'm not coming in today. I just stopped by here to tell you that I'm not coming in today." And he's like, "Well, I'll see you on Thursday." Not how that what? works. Yeah, how did this guy have a 180? Like, what about every other jerk who's got kids at this at this place? Like, what are you it doing? It should have been all the ladies banded together to be like, look, she gets the day off, or we all walk today. Yeah. That's what it should have been. All the Absolutely awesome ladies bonded for each other. Also, I really hope that yes. camp stove wasn't that gunman's only means of food prep. <laughs> or heating his house. Or like and like I hope that wasn't necessary for his survival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think Mary Seaburg could have just handed him fifty dollars and been like, "Here, just you obviously." I'll take that this. gun. 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to fix take that out of the equation real quick. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to let this happen to a different person. We're going to erase it. Because $50 does not solve this problem long term. No. Just FYI. Uh, so they drop off Molly's bike and like under the cover of darkness, <laughs> they put it on the porch and do like a ding dong ditch. Um, and the mom comes out and is like crying and stuff. And then we get to the tree lighting and they do like Fahu Forest Fahu. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like enjoying this tree. And then they cut to Mary Steenbergen writing a $5,000 check as a gift to her husband to start a bike shop and putting it on the tree as a gift. That is all of the money that they have. You don't have anything else, Mary. You know that. Damn it, Mary. Also, why so, did Molly Monahan need a bike in the end? Santa is real. Yes, can he have solved this problem for us? Like, you are holding this whole town hostage over Mary Steenbergen's belief. She believes now. Can we just have Christmas back? Jesus, you vindictive piece of shit. So she hears a rumbling downstairs and goes down there. Vagrant, homeless, drunk Santa is fumbling around being like, hang on, I think I forgot something. Like, can we get him a hat or like a coat? <laughs> like, or a new coat. How about the any? Yeah, like did did Coca Cola threaten to sue if you put him in the red suit and hat? Like, why is he wearing an old sweater? He like like in Tim in Tim Allen's The Santa Claus, it's like a beautiful Santa coat. Like it looks rich yeah. and expensive. And if I saw like that is what like a that's a Santa. That is what Santa looks like. Not like a sweater with some ratty ass white faux fur trim. A beard that's never seen a brush and no hat. Like, yeah. I would think that man's breaking into my house. Yes, he looks like a homeless housebreaker into her. A homeless robber. Yeah. <laughs> that word. Yeah, you know, the word in English. Robber. <laughs> and he's like, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mr. Steenberg. And I gotta go. And then he breaks through the, w- the wall. <laughs> And knocks over all of the reindeer. Also, the 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 I don't know who wrote the Wikipedia for this, but they have a fondness for this movie because the last few sentences are: as she's about to fall asleep, she hears something downstairs and finds Santa putting presents under the tree. He stops. He then stops and looks at her and says, "Merry Christmas, Ginny." She smiles and, with tear-filled eyes, finally says the words she has been unable to speak for so long: "Merry Christmas." Who wrote that? <laughs> the guy who wrote this, this is the movie, no- that's obviously. the novelization of the film Magic Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what are your uh, final thoughts about? One I Magic mean, Christmas? it's enjoyable to watch, but it will make you angry. I guess. Yeah, I would watch it again, like and like roast it the whole time. This is one of those like I can't believe this exists, and I want everybody to see it yes. because it is the 100%. craziest. Like there is. There is nothing in this movie that isn't insane. Every single opportunity for this movie to and be And the more you way. think about it, the crazier it all gets. Yeah. No, it's absolutely, absolutely crazy bananas. Also, just FYI, one of the guys with the writing credit on this movie wrote the book for the musicals Annie, the producers, and Hairspray, as well as Young Frankenstein, Crybaby, Elf the Musical, and the story of Charlie Chaplin. Thomas Meehan? Thomas Meehan, yeah. Oh, and he's won a Tony Award. Yeah, three Tony Awards. Damn. Yeah, no, I, it's a, uh, it's quite, quite a crazy uh, 
pedigree for for the writer. I don't know about the other two writers, uh, but at least that guy has a uh, crazy, crazy, crazy and, musical. And Rocky. Pedigree. Did you say Rocky? He wrote the Rocky musical He wrote the well? book for Rocky. Oh, he's, okay. Apparently, he's yeah, good at, it's crazy. at adapting. He, almost all of his stuff is adaptations. Well, it's pretty insane that there is no... Apparently, he has story credit. Or no, it says written by, uh, uh, as well as story credit. But it is pretty crazy that there are no songs in it, given all of that. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Although, I guess if you write the book, you don't necessarily write the music, the songs for a show, right? Not No, not necessarily. The, the, book, yeah. the book is separate from the lyricist. Yeah. So, yes, I wholeheartedly recommend this if you can find it somewhere. I don't know how you would because well, you could rent it, but it's it's uh, it's bananas. Absolutely insane in every possible way and really an utter delight. One of those just I don't when people talk and we've talked about this before. Like when people ask us why the 80s, this movie is a great example because this is insane. Like this is this is not today. Even, it's a horror oh, movie. Th- yeah. Like this is basically Jigsaw with it's a Christmas Jigsaw theme. Krampus. Like it's, yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, I wholeheartedly recommend this. It's totally off the wall bananas, and I am a avowed Christmas movie disliker. But I would watch this again in a heartbeat because it is just so absolutely off the wall insane. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Yeah, it uh, it truly is. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Please don't forget to. Uh, Rate us on iTunes, preferably, but wherever you get a chance to, we would appreciate it, and we will read those on the air. Uh, you can get a hold of us at dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. On Twitter, it's at dissectthe80s. It's also facebook.com slash dissectingthe80s. And if you want to leave us a message, it's 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T. We got a email recently asking us if uh, we had a, ever considered a couple of projects so that's always nice to hear from folks we'd love to get your suggestions maybe one day down the road we'll do like a request month or something that would be a lot of That'd fun be super cool uh yeah but we'd love to get that it's a holiday season it's time for giving and spreading cheer so if you could give us your review on itunes we would really appreciate it uh we will be back on new year's day to start a new, perhaps only this year, holiday that we have dubbed Slashuary, which is not about gay fiction, <laughs> which is fine, but instead about that slasher movies, of. of which there, yeah, uh, it's about slasher movies because there are a surprisingly high number of slasher movies that come out in January, so a lot of anniversaries. But in particular, we're doing a New Year's Day episode special with. New Year's Evil. So we will be back on the first day of 2018. You can nurse your hangover by hearing us talk about teenagers getting slaughtered. Until then, I have been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until January 1st, 2018. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Things we're going to cut out in editing. <laughs> we will see you on November 1st. Fir- <laughs> <until> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>